WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and you're about to go one-on-one -on -one with Talking Taker. Holla. I got you. <laughs> I'm running down the road with Barbera in tow I got 15 titles on my mind Seven world ones, one hardcore And seven tags with four different guys I Take a easy, take a easy Don't let the sound of gongs and bells drive you crazy Lights open, raise my hands don't even try to understand the supernatural dead man. So take a reason. Well, I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California. Such a bright fire I see. It's my house, my Lord, burned to the floor. Lost my parents, brother, everything. Come on, Kane. Paul Bearer took me in as his and tried to train me. Rarely lose, I usually win. I never thought I'd see you again. You opened up the cell and climbed in so freaking easy. Running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me big evil, not red, But do call me American Take a easy, take a easy Don't let the sound of them biscuit Drive you crazy Come on, fancy Bury me I'm coming back It's the dead man So take her easy Wanna take her Creatures of the Night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 218 of the original Encyclopedia Exploration, <laughs> digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. That's right, my name is Alex Dorio. I want to thank all of you out there in the Pod Street crew for joining us for yet yeah. another round of Dead Man Talking. And I, of course, am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my best friend, my fellow creature of the night. He is the musical director for the Talking Taker podcast. <laughs> he is the 
voice and and the guitarist behind our theme song take her easy uh, i am of course talking about mr travis white and uh travis you are the the composer the the producer you're everything behind the, the musicality of this podcast so i'm going to defer to you our expert tonight as we oh, discuss <laughs> the complete history of the undertaker entrance music everything related to the undertaker we're going to talk in taker tunes tonight brother Ooh, triple t talking taker tunes i like that that's right i like that yeah i'm excited man talk a little bit of music so we'll see just the progression of where it started and where it ended that's right hopefully we don't hit any flat notes here as we talk about this (laughs) hopefully we got everything in tune but yeah this was voted by you the pod street crew the psk yes thank you we put a poll up and uh, it was a heated battle, uh, some some hot topics on there. And we'll probably get to all of them eventually. But this one ran away with it there at the end. Uh, Would so, you say uh, it was a flagpole sitter for a minute and then it ran away? It might be, you know, a little Harvey <laughs> Danger there for you. <laughs> for those of you who remember that song. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, it's pretty timely for us uh, because we just went to a concert together here in real life yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We got to see each other in person, got to see Need to Breathe here in Greenville, South Carolina. So we, we got music on the brain. Current favorite uh, artist, apparently. So, yeah. The new Creed. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Creed's coming back nowadays, dude. Have you seen what's going on in the MLB playoffs and like the Vikings and stuff? Creed's no. coming back. Oh, the so well the Rangers are out now, but Texas Rangers have been playing higher before their games and like post like they were doing great early in the postseason, but then they they lost. But yeah, and well, then that the sounds Vikings like took, Creed's career in general. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Vikings took that from the Rangers. I was like, hey, they were winning with with Creed, so they listen to higher every uh in, before the game now. So sometimes at halftime. So yeah, good on yeah. Creed. Creed's like Spotify listens and Apple Music is going up and everything. It's yes. hilarious. I the love God, it. Dude. It's time, man. <laughs> It's, it's time to give like them their flowers. 25 baby. years. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We got to go. Uh, I will absolutely go see Creed with you. My son the other day was taking a shower and he's Alexa. And all of a sudden we're upstairs and all of a sudden I hear, hello, my friend. And he's just rocking good. it dude, down there. Well, I open the door and sing the rest of the song to him and slam it. And he was like, what? <laughs> it was great. Not to the shower, to the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he scared him though. It was great. Not the scary about Creed. Absolutely. It was well worth it. Well, uh, that's unfortunately Undertaker doesn't have any real connection with Creed, but uh, he's got some other great bands of that era that we're going to talk about, of course, that are bands of that era signature uh <laughs> songs connected to the undertaker i do it's almost that time of year i don't know if you ever see this but uh it comes up around thanksgiving every year creed playing the halftime show at a cowboys game uh th- the cowboys thanksgiving game in like 2001 or something it's like the greatest halftime performance of all time uh it always gets shared on social media i can't wait to watch the game i'm hoping year. They bump whoever's off the Super Bowl next year and just pull Creed in, dude. Well, it's uh, it's Usher. So, okay, same era. Let's usher him off the stage and bring nah, in Creed. Just bring in Creed. Like the, the okay, old halftime shows used to have yeah. like eight yeah. or nine. Used to have Aerosmith yeah. and NSYNC. Bring in Creed and, and Usher. It'll be dude. just like 2000. <laughs> just for the millennials. It'd be great, dude. Yeah. Oh, I would be all there for that. So. This thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For LA Knight, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Usher's song, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But bring LA Knight on the stage too. Exactly. Oh, it all goes together. What are we talking about, man? We should be booking <laughs> the halftime show or WWE. All 
All of it. Okay. Uh, well, we were talking about so much. We got 30 years of Undertaker tunes to be talking about here tonight. We're going to go through the whole evolution of it. Maybe some songs you forgot about even existed. Some rare one-off entrance songs and some Undertaker-related songs that weren't even used for his entrance. We're going to talk about all of that. Love it, man. It was a great show. It was a great show. (laughs) Encourage everybody to check him out. But uh, not only that, we have we got to get to this. We got to go ahead and jump into it. We got a jump in huge month of Undertaker huge. sightings. I don't know about some of these Undertaker sightings. It's almost like Ripley's, believe it or not. Well, I hope it's true. You could, I mean, maybe one of the biggest months we've ever had here since we started doing this segment after the Undertaker's uh, official retirement. And uh, we'll just go in order that I started adding them here. So we got a big one at the top and then we'll end with a big bang at the end. But uh, man, well, and luckily these usually happen. Like we usually have some small Taker sightings and then like we'll drop the episode or we'll record it a day or two later. Something monumental happens. So we've already recorded. So this time the stars aligned and he waited till before we recorded, which yes. is awesome. So, yeah. so anyway, and, yeah. What's number one on the docket here? Well, two huge things that I don't think when we started this in 2017, we ever thought we would be talking about here on this podcast uh, to bookend this segment. One of them would be that the undertaker who has main event at WrestleMania has been the icon of raw and SmackDown and every WWE program throughout the ages. Well, he finally made it to the black and yellow brand, dude, the undertaker showed up in NXT. Uh, you are the NXT expert. You watch it every week, man. Uh, why don't you tell us about this uh, iconic historic moment? It was a huge night. Again, it was uh, AEW was head to head with NXT, so both both teams were pulling out all the stops. You know, NXT had Cena, Heyman, uh, LA Knight was a referee, it was probably the best outfit of special guest ref has ever worn, besides maybe Shawn Michaels. <laughs> right. yeah. But uh, you know, and the had, vest and the sunglasses, yeah, and the Timberland boots, it was just and the glasses, yeah, it was great. But um, yeah, him and Cena, Heyman was on there. I mean, the other guys in the main roster, and then obviously. The big kahuna at the end was The Undertaker. And then the AEW had a bunch of title matches and a title change. And Edge's first match, I think. Was that Edge's first match? In, Adam, Adam Copeland's Copeland. first match. Excuse me. Yeah, against the, the dinosaur was that night. So, um, yeah, anyway, they had they, they stacked their card too. But, um, yeah, NXT, man, watching uh, just as a fan of the product. And, I've been, again, I've been there since – I've been down since day one. And so uh, – you know, through the ups and the downs of the you know the the 2.0 and all that stuff, but it's it's good stuff now. But seeing Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes uh, brush shoulders with Cena and Taker, dude, like those two guys are the future of of WWE. Probably they're really well. Carmelo is really small, but Braun, you can tell, has a bright, bright future. Um, I mean, he's seen his pedigree, dude, and Carmelo is a star, and they present him like a star. And so to see at the end of the night again, I think. Uh, uh, Braun lost, but at the end he uh, didn't matter because he start he he says he's the number one BA in the whole company or whatever that whatever it is. And then what do we hear? Little Kid Rock talking Little about music Rock. right there. Undertaker <laughs> yeah. comes out to the uh, American Badass song and <laughs> doesn't really drive his bike too much down there in the NXT Kinda arena. Waddles it, yeah. But you know they moved the stairs around. He he got it around the ring, and uh, you could see Booker T and. Uh, Who's the who's the other 
Big Joseph. Oh, yeah, they were loving it, man. Booker T was oh, just yeah. pointing at Dead Man. And, Booker um, loves it. Dude, that crowd was electric. Like, you saw yeah. every single person recording it. They were singing along to Kid Rock. Like, it was yes. Chris Jericho's <laughs> theme song. Yeah. I mean, they are singing every word to it, man. It was so cool to see. Amazing response uh, to, to The Undertaker and NXT. Um, the the, and the crowd had... the whole night was awesome. Yeah, and he was, you know, he he told us, you know, when he retired his Survivor Series, like that dead man is gone. Like he told, and like when we saw him at Raw Thirty, with him and Bray and Ellie Knight in the ring, he was this same guy. It was like a, it was like the American BA kind of Mark Calloway ish. You know, it wasn't quite that old guy, but um, so yeah, he came out in a shirt that said, "What did it say?" Like old school choke slam tombstone leave something like that, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty cool, but um. Anyway, yeah, he has that and like some tennis shoes, which have we seen him in tennis shoes? It's crazy. Well, on that got... YouTube series where he was sneaker That's shopping. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah, sneakerhead now. But, yeah, see him get in there. And the way he interacted with Braun, again, and Braun is talking smack to him, and he holds the mic up with one hand, and Braun looks at it, and he just, bam, pops him <laughs> in the face with the other hand, and then gives Braun Breaker a choke slam that almost rivals the Stooges, man. Almost there. rivals Pat Patterson and Briscoe. Kudos is, to Braun. He got up yes. there for it. This is probably the best choke slam in like no probably in 10 years. Like it is probably the best yeah. choke slam anything in 10 years. And uh it's just awesome. And then he gives, you know, I think they go off the air, but he pulls Mello up and then afterward we see him and Mello do the Kane and Undertaker, you know, bros yes. thing at the end. And just dude, like that's such a big rub. That's bigger than than Austin doing it. It's bigger than Cena doing it. It's it's the biggest rub, dude. Getting to see Taker do that. It was just awesome. But again, they did rub elbows with Cena earlier. Both those guys did. Uh, Mello and um, Braun. So, again, those guys got the rub, dude. And what a bigger rub than you can get from Taker. And it just, it brought the ratings in. They demolished AEW that yeah. night. Like, a lot. And, um, yeah, but it, it, it was awesome and it was special. And I hope those guys know how special it was. I think, I agree. I think they do. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. And that's why, like, I don't want to hear anyone saying like, Oh, Barry and NXT people going down there and choke slamming yeah. Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker should have beat him up or something like, no way, man. He, um, he, 
to me, someone I haven't watched NXT. He brought you in in yeah. like three or four years. Yeah, I've never seen yeah. Braun Breaker wrestle. I, you know, I see clips online, but I've never watched an actual match of his or or Carmelo Hayes. So it elevated them in my eyes, and it 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 gives him that rub. It gives Carmelo that rub. Like I, I'm telling you. 10 years from now, when they're making video packages about like the NXT's greatest moments, that clip will be in there. Like mm-hmm. I, that, that moment will be in there. That moment will live forever on there because it's an iconic performer yep. coming to that brand for the very first time. Uh, and so that's the kind of moment that will live in history. And that's what matters more than Braun Breaker, you know, hitting a spear on Undertaker. That would probably yep. be forgotten about, but him taking that massive choke slam, Undertaker telling him, you know, he's the original badass or yeah. like whatever he said. And doing that, that punch, dude. <laughs> yeah. Loved that. It was like yeah. an Arn Anderson type, yeah. type move right there. That was great. Um, yeah, man, really memorable, huge moment. I thought it was even better than, you know, his, maybe even better than his interaction with LA Knight and, and Bray Wyatt at the beginning of the year. I mean, this was awesome. And the crowd, being a part of it was part of what made it awesome. They had a absolutely huge reaction, which you might not think about that NXT crowd. You might think they might try to be too cool for it, but man, they yeah. loved it. They were there for it, man. And they, they were singing Cena's song early. He was even like, yeah. they're singing a song. Like, when did this happen? So <laughs> yeah, it was just, that crowd was hot all night, dude. They were, they brought it. And uh, yeah, and it was a really cool night. And uh, there, another interaction they put online was Taker and HBK backstage, and he's like, "I brought my gear, brother." He's like, "You're not gonna need it." It's, just, it's great. Did you see my last match? It's great, dude. Those guys. And Sean was like, mm, "Nope." Yeah, and it's just so funny. We talked about this before. Like just seeing those guys, those two were the two pillars in the Attitude Era. Well, through the new generation too. Like those were the guys that lasted the whole time. Man, they're still there, dude. Like they're still. And then like you got Hunter on on the main roster running through. It's just, it is unbelievable yeah. to see those guys in the roles they're in now. So anyway. v- very cool moment. I mean, awesome way to, to close out the year with the undertaker, you know, we can still yeah. see more from him, but that, that'd probably be the last of his appearances on WWE programming for the year. And what a great way to end it. What a fun surprise that was. Um, yeah. A couple small things before we get to the other big thing though. Um, you sent me this clip of uh, MTV Challenge legend Theo Vaughn, uh, comedian nowadays and podcaster, and oh, yeah. uh, uh, Tom Segura, another very famous uh, comedian podcaster. They, they were uh, had a little segment talking about the Undertaker on uh, I think it was Theo's podcast. I think it was Theo's podcast. I don't know how I ran across this, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Segura was talking about he went to Taker's house, right? Like. Yeah. I think that's what I'm like, he, he was, was like buying yeah. some workout equipment on like <laughs> Facebook marketplace or something. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how we got <laughs> from the Callaways. Yeah. But maybe, uh, maybe like, uh, Michelle is on there. Like, like anybody's wife, you know, is buying stuff on Facebook marketplace. So who knows, man, but somehow Tom Segura got a, you know, got in touch with his people, got in touch with takers people. And he went over to takers house and was looking at some workout equipment and stuff. Yeah. And, Tom Segura, I'm not a huge fan of Tom Segura at all, but like he has lost probably 85 pounds. Like he's slimmed down a lot. Yeah, it worked great. So I don't know if we blame Taker for that or not. But yeah, he just kind of talks about how nice, how nice Taker was. Like inviting him into his house and just super hospitable and like just a super cool dude. And he's like, I'm at the Undertaker's house. Like, he's just crazy. You yeah. know, like he had, uh, who came out? Oh, uh, the Undertaker came out to the show last night. Oh, 
Dude. Which is pretty crazy, dude. I went to his house. Nuh-uh. Yes. I think he, I heard he has a beautiful home. He was just describing some of it, not like in a braggy way, just saying that they lived here. He is... You, you talked to him for a while? Yeah, really nice. The nicest... Like, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Him and his wife. And... She had some bangers on her. And I shouldn't say that out loud. I mean, this is the damn Undertaker we're talking to who works for death. Just wild. But yeah, it was just a little little thing, but I thought it was pretty cool, man. Because again, Taker permeates pop culture, dude. Exactly. Like, he does. It may not be, he may not be hosting SNL or anything, but like he's, you know, he's there. He's not at the, you know, he's not cheering on Travis Kelsey at the Chiefs game or anything. <laughs> but I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's permeating pop culture, dude. Well, those are two guys who probably don't watch Monday Night Raw every week, but. They know who the yeah. Undertaker is, and they have respect oh, yeah. for him. And like you said, he transcends pop culture to them. So they thought it, they were like awestruck of it, uh, and just yeah, wow. great story about him. I listened to another Theo Von interview today. It was him and uh, somebody. Golly, who was it? Anyway, he's talking about his favorite. Uh, oh, it was him and Shane Gillis, and he said this. Somebody got talking about wrestling, and he was like, "My favorite wrestler, Theo Theo, growing up was Hacksaw." He said he had a uh, he had a poster of Hacksaw Jim Duggan in his, his, his yes. room. So anyway. That was just a little like, you know, WWE adjacent. That's so, great, man. Funny, so. Love it. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to share this. Uh, this is com- episode's coming out November 1st, so it's a little late. Maybe it'll be on clearance now. But uh, did you see WWE had an actual Halloween inflatable for your yard that they were selling this year of The Undertaker? I mean. Yeah, you sent it to me, and it was, I told my wife I was getting it. She went all out for Halloween this year. Like, she just, I don't know what happened, but uh she got a bunch of Halloween. But she didn't get like, this. Get that. No, because it was Aww. a little, little bit pricey. <laughs> Hundred dollars, not bad, honestly. I mean, well, if you know my wife, you know that's too much. <laughs> that is too much for her. <laughs> too rich for my blood. Well, um, I, I asked my wife. We don't decorate at all. We don't do any Halloween decorations. I don't <clears> put Christmas lights out or anything. But I said, can we get this? And she said, if you clean the yard up, and, and like, we got some projects we're trying to do on the yard. She said, if you get those done, you can get it next year. I was like. <laughs> holding you to that yeah we're get gonna, it this we're year have I'm the for next year i mean just go ahead and have it in stock maybe next year they'll have a paul bear we can match maybe them together so. maybe so that'd be awesome that would be awesome. <laughs> it was great man i, I love seeing that that's a one of the best pieces of merch i've seen in a long time um and then the, the final piece of news here man I, I said earlier in the show we are the original undertaker podcast uh, we, we've seen some some competitors come and go uh, throughout the years uh, come around, but now we got some legit competition, Travis, because uh, <laughs> yeah. we had talked about it. There had been discussions <clears throat> about it. The Godfather himself said, you know, he had worked with Undertaker on it a few months ago, but finally, seemingly out of nowhere, this past week, six feet under the Mark Calloway podcast dropped into the world. Yeah. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the inaugural episode of Six Feet Under, hosted by yours truly, Mark Calloway. This is a project that I've been kind of dreaming of and and putting a lot of thought and prayer into. Um, Almost based a little bit on the the One Dead Man show. But uh, what we want to do is go beyond the ring, uh, beyond the career, uh, some of the things that go on in my life and some of the things that helped me not only have uh, a successful wrestling career that led to the hall of fame, but also things that just guided me and, and, and made me the person that I am. Uh, some of the pitfalls, some of just a little bit of everything, things that you may not hear 
necessarily in a one dead man show or anywhere else. Patreon exclusive at this point. So it is behind a paywall uh, starting at $5 up to $10 for uh, per month uh, for it seems like a weekly podcast every week with Mark Calloway and uh, Matt Lida is the other host name. I mean, uh, were you shocked to hear about this uh, coming out last week? Yeah, when you texted to me, I was like, I thought it was like this. The thumbnail I thought it was a joke, just like somebody you know AI or, you know, or like editing it or something. But then I like, watched it, and I was like, huh, that's real. But like, I was also a little puzzled. Like, why is it not through WWE? Why is he Mark Calloway, not the Undertaker? You know. Um, but again, his contract, he probably can do. They probably just said, do it this way, give me more money or something. I don't know. He probably has to license it to them if they do it. Anyway, but um, I was a little puzzled by that. But then, you know, uh, watched it today and uh, it was really cool. Really yeah. enjoyed it. You know? it. It feels like the, the marketing has been a little um, under the radar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think it's partially because. Yeah, he's he's not working with WWE. He's not working with like a Conrad Thompson or an established yeah. podcasting network. And he's the Undertaker. He's not a technology whiz or anything. So right. he's not out there tweeting about it. Um, I actually watched a, a live stream with him the day before the podcast dropped on Instagram. Him and the host, uh, who we'll talk about in a second. And it took like 20 minutes to get the Undertaker to get on the Instagram live. Uh, they just could not get him to figure it out. Uh, I actually... I, I was commenting on there. I said, um, we all know the undertaker has the longest interests in the world. And uh, that <laughs> Matt laughed at that. And then he said that to Taker when he got on and Taker said, "Oh, awesome." he laughed and he said, you know what? My interests were longer than my matches. Those last 10 years, I, I've been stealing money from <laughs> the company for a long time. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, but yeah, so this is crazy. The undertaker, this is, like the dead man, one dead man shows coming to your phone or coming to your laptop, coming to your living room, however you want to hear about it. He's going to be bringing this content, this really pulling back the curtain yeah. uh, like he's never done before over 30 years in a deeper fashion every single week now in these really in-depth topics. So uh, you and I, you know, because we are the uh, number one Undertaker podcast, the original one for the past six years, we were like, well, we got to, we got to give it a shot. We got to listen to this. So we listened to episode number one and uh, we're not going to recap it in depth. I don't want to do that. Cause yeah. I feel like, you know, yeah, it's I don't behind, want to spoil. Yeah. Yeah. It's behind a paywall. Like I want people to pay for it. I don't want to feel like you can go around it and we're not going to, I don't think we're going to do this every month, like recap every single Undertaker podcast. Um, we might say some relevant things. I'm going to be listening to them, but um, since we're monthly, we're not going to recap every episode. Right. But the first one, I, I, th I feel like we should at least give people a taste of, of what it is. And hopefully I think a lot of our creatures of the night would be interested in it. <clears throat> uh, if anybody yeah. else in the world would, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably uh, want to hear yeah. the Undertaker talk. But uh, yeah, this first, uh, well, like I said, the host um, is this guy, Matt Lida. He is a, um, he's associated with the nine line clothing brand, which Undertaker has a bunch of connections with. He's a hunting buddy of Undertaker. Kind of sounds like a Conrad Light. Sounds like he's from North Carolina or something, too. Like he's got that yes. North Carolina accent, South Carolina, maybe. I don't know. And I was <clears> certainly <throat> skeptical. I was like, who the heck is this guy? But honestly, right. I, I thought he did an excellent job. Yeah. Um, he sounds like he's a legit fan. He, they say on there, Undertaker's his second favorite wrestler <laughs> behind Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, he said he's like he grew up on NWA and Smoky Mountain. 
Like he says, he's yeah. a big Smoky Mountain fan. It's like, that gets some credibility in my book. But yeah. uh, he got in some, a couple funny one-liners, and he, but he mostly stayed out of the way. He didn't make it yeah. about him, and he let The Undertaker talk, which is what we're here for. So I thought, you know, very good dynamic between those guys. Yeah, you could tell <clears throat> they, you know, they had a relationship, you know. Because I remember, like, when Conrad first started with Bischoff, it was very weird. Or even with Shivani, it was just like they hadn't had a relationship. They just kind of started it. But then over time, it grew. Like you can tell these two guys, it's not on that level. But I'm just saying, you can tell they have a relationship before. They're comfortable talking and conversing already. It's not awkward. So that made it definitely easier to listen to and watch, rather. Um, but it is weird. It's like in Taker's gym. Yeah. You know, just sitting in some, like, folding chairs in his gym. And he's just in, like, slacks or, like, you know, workout or, like, you know, everyday khaki, like, Dickies and, like, a T-shirt. It's crazy, dude. Um, it's- but, yeah, it's just very weird. It's definitely odd to see, but I appreciate that they were there in person. Like it wasn't a yeah. Zoom call or anything. Yep. So so that was cool. And uh, I, I got to say six feet under, solid name. I, I, I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not as good as Talking Taker, but it's yeah. solid, you know. And that's, uh, you know, he had a sign off about it. You know, he had a little a little tag on the end about his podcast name. But I was like, I texted you. I was like, hey, could, if he said take her easy, I'll, that'd be amazing, dude. I know. I would have so, lost my mind. But yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. The first episode's topic was the sale of WWE and Undertaker's relationship with Vince McMahon. And honestly, they really didn't touch on the sale of WWE more than the first five, 10 minutes or so. There wasn't a ton to talk about there. They, he kind of talks about some guys or, or, or Matt asks him, do you think there'll be much crossover between WWE and UFC? And Taker says, probably not. Uh, and, and he says basically that WWE is it may not be a legit sport like UFC, but it's way more dangerous and way yeah. harder on the body because of just the, the dates that these guys put in and the stunts yeah. that they're doing, you know, obviously yeah. you could break a leg or break an arm in UFC, but he, he talks about how you're, you're, you're putting your life on the line every time you step in the ring. Yeah. With him him and Goldberg. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. yeah. And they're on the road 200 days a week, you know, a year, 200 days a week, 200 days a year, you know, whereas UFC fighter might fight four times a year, you know, if at the most probably, right. you know, so I don't know. But yeah, it's good. You know, there, uh, he tells a story, which I, I've heard before about his pants when he met Vince. I don't know if it was on a podcast. Or was it on the last ride? It was on something. I've heard him tell that story before. Yeah, but he went into even more depth. He went into, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. talked about it. But it was really neat. But just hearing that dynamic of him and Vince again, you just see how much, and they they really do have like a father son, also big brother little brother relationship. And it's cool to see again. Take your personal feelings about Vince's uh, personal life aside. Um, he's done a lot for the man, you know. And that's what Taker says. Like I I wouldn't be who I am without that man. You know, I owe everything to him because where Ole Anderson said no one would ever pay a dime to see me wrestle, Vince took a huge leap on me. You know, and. and uh and he's like he invested so much in that character as Vince's creation, you know. So, well, they get into that. Uh, they talk about the streak later on. Uh, and yeah, that was that cool. decision and that conversation between them about breaking the streak. Uh, and so he, he talks all about that. Reveals a lot of stuff. I don't think he's revealed before, but he says, um, you know, the reason why I agreed to it, even though I didn't want to do it, was because he gave me everything. He gave me my career, yep. and I'm not, you know, he. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. say no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's given he's me boss. everything. I'm not going to say no to him when he thinks it's right. And uh, yeah, 
He talks about Vince going to the hospital with him and that mm-hmm. I don't think I knew this. He said Brock Lesnar was in the car right behind Vince mm-hmm. McMahon. He came to the hospital too. So that was really interesting to hear. Yeah, um, it was awesome. Again, Vince, the, again, I think we talked about this after we watched last ride. Like, Vince McMahon left WrestleMania 30, the biggest WrestleMania the biggest of all show time ever. Time. Like, he left it because he was concerned about this man, you know, and then Brock again followed him too. So that just goes to show, again, this those two guys and what they what what taker means to them you know yeah so i loved hearing him say he talks about you know leave the big chunk of it is about leaving wcw making that decision yeah. to go to wwe i he says i was a wcw guy like i i would have rather cool. been there those are yeah. the guys that i wanted to work with the rick flares the <clears> rock <throat> and roll express uh so i didn't want to leave you know i just wanted yeah. a little bit he said he was making $1,200 a week. He wanted to make $2,000 a week. And uh, he thought that was simple enough. Uh, and then obviously the the famous story about only Anderson saying, no one's going to pay to see you. is like, all right. Well, yeah. I got to make a change here. So that I, I thought that found that to be really interesting. Um, that Paul Heyman clip that, that was released on the six feet under YouTube channel this week. So everybody yeah. can get a little preview of that. That's part of the podcast they released on there. So you could see that. Um, there's a great story about the, a creative disagreement between him and Vince over the Punjabi prison match, a great colleague. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, I liked hearing Undertaker say, you know, it got changed. It was supposed to be him and great colleague, but then it got changed to big right. show. And he was like, I was relieved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much, I know we don't like seeing big show, but Taker was like, give me big show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said something too, like big show can wrestle and Kali is. He said something. I forgot what it, but basically it's like said getting a tooth pulled or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like it's root canal or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he says it's like pulling an incisor. That's what he said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. And then that, like I said, I don't want to share all the details, but I, I loved the story about um. Uh, Matt asked Mark, "How did you tell Vince you were actually retired?" And he said, "You know, Vince didn't believe I was retired." until uh, he called me for the hall of fame he said he didn't even yeah. believe me at the 30th anniversary the uh, yeah, uh final farewell you know in yeah. 2020 but he said he called to ask if i want to go to the hall of fame and he thought about it and he was like yeah i think i do and he says vince was like oh really because <laughs> <laughs> he thinks vince was baiting him and yeah. wanting him to come back and wrestle at that big wrestlemania in dallas in 2022 yeah. uh and he was like couldn't believe it uh so he he thinks that was his whole plan but uh, he accepted the hall of fame and so that that's what it was and he again he reiterates his retirement's for real so He's done uh, yeah pretty much put that to rest um anything could happen never say never but it does seem like that is legit but he can do still do stuff like he did on you know nxt that's not wrestling but it's still having an impact and still passing the torch and stuff like that you know right. giving the rub to these guys so yeah, it was um, cool, but you guys listen to this. You should definitely check it out, man. It's worth it, you know? Oh, I think so. I, I think the value's there, especially starting at just $5 a month. Um, it does. It seems like for now, that's going to be the only way to access it. There's not going to be a free option, which I, I do think, I think that's a mistake. I, I wish they were doing a free option just with ads. Um, I'd be weird to hear Mark Calloway reading about ads about Manscaped or Blue Chew or something, but, uh, you know, th- th- you let the co-host <laughs> do, do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just feel like there, there's a ton of people who might not, who will just never going to pay for a podcast and you could just 
there are going to be hardcore fans like us who will do it and be able to skip the ads, but there are people who would never do that, but who would find this really fascinating and interesting. So yeah. I think that's a bummer. And uh, that's why I does... think if it was through WWE, it would be that way, you know, but yeah. it, he just doesn't have the machine behind him with this. But again, he could probably, he could probably do more. He has more creative freedom this way, you know, to do it. Yeah. Like Pritchard, Pritchard, now that he's back with WWE, he, he can't say some of the stuff he was saying on Conrad's like he used to before he got rehired, you know, which you can tell, but um, right. it is what it is, you know? Um, yeah, and and I, I, I disappoint. I wish there was some some bigger advertising behind it because I feel like I feel like no one on social media was really talking, about, talking about it. There's yeah. just no buzz around it. So um, I find that I, you know I hope it continues on uh, and can find an audience because uh, you you got to have that these days. There's no like yeah accounts. It's just through Undertaker's account, and he's barely posting about it. So uh, yeah, I hope the word continues to get out because I I, I hope this can go on. They they've talked about yeah. they want to talk more about sports want to have some <clears throat> guests on so i think there's a ton of potential there and, and i'm excited yeah. about it uh so let us know if you did if you are out there if you listen to it if you subscribe we want to hear your thoughts about it and uh let us know what you thought of the first episode in a future episodes we'll continue to talk about it here on these undertaker sightings and hit the highlights of, of some of these future episodes but it's crazy man we got the undertaker has come into our world he's uh invading yeah. our territory coming in nxt here yeah, maybe you can give us a rub like you did Mello and Braun. <laughs> hey, we're the A brand. Like, he's not, he's on yeah. the he, this young gun hasn't got the call up yet. But uh, sure. if he wants any tips, he's welcome to come on. Uh, he's welcome really? to come here and talk about that it. barbecue. That's Smith's right, barbecue man. Is still on the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't hear any theme music for this podcast. Uh, I didn't hear much of that in there. So, uh, but we're gonna talk about some classic theme music. The under takers entrance music throughout the years that's our main topic for tonight um travis just in one one sentence or a couple sentences man what is the importance of theme music in general to pro wrestling in your opinion it's like uh pavlov's dog it's to, it's to get you to get that response from the audience that's what it is it's an indicator of who's coming and it's to elicit a response all of wrestling all of wrestling is to elicit a response from the crowd, whether it's a quote unquote five star match or a moment, like you said, Taker choke slamming Braun the other day, the WrestleMania moments, an intro, whatever. All that is is to get the crowd to respond. And so the initial way to get that <clears throat> is through entrance music, iconic entrance music. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's like it's one of those things like uh, promos, you know, wrestling isn't just all about wrestling you know it's not yeah. just about what happens in the ring so no. much of what people love it's about wrestling is people getting on the mic and people cutting promos and, yeah. and, and, and hitting their catchphrases well it's also about the entrances and then you're not going to have an entrance without music um it, it wasn't always a part of wrestling you know it wasn't all there's you watching the even up to the 80s or even some of the early 90s not everybody even had music back then but when they did it was important it, it gets it brings you into the match it brings you into the moment um that every great theme music has got to have like that signature thing at the beginning like you said to get that pavlovian response whether it's the yeah. glass breaking or, or somebody saying a catchphrase or or um just a drum beat or a guitar yeah. note or something uh that just tells you who it is who's going to be coming out 
uh, and how the crowd is supposed to react and feel. Um, and, and as wrestling, you know, on here we talk about the history of Taker, but we also talk about the history of the business. So as the business became more of a television product, mm, yes, you're kind of forced to do that, you know? And there's something to be said, too. Like, I know that sometimes it takes me out of the moment when there's a run-in and the music plays first. It doesn't seem real. You know, like, your friend's not going to run in to save you. with his, Like, cue the music first. Like, he's going to run. But, like, and a lot of that more happened on the Attitude Era. But nowadays, it's such a more polished product. But honestly, if you think about it business-wise, it is smarter. It's smarter to play that music first so that everyone in the arena can react at once oh, not yeah. just the people closest to the ramp to see them come out you don't want to get that swell that just goes you want to get everyone at one time so like is it a little faker that way sure but like it's probably overall better for the product and it comes across better on tv because yeah. you get people at home to can react at the same time the people in the crowd can so yeah interest music became more important as the advent of tv and the the, the, the product switched from more of a house show live event touring brand to television storytelling product you know i think that's one of the main reasons it's 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 so important and, and nowadays with nxt you you watch and you see uh, and you see stuff behind the scenes like the they these wrestlers performers they put as much practice and effort into crafting the entrance as they yeah. do working on the moves sometimes yeah. and sometimes these entrances are, are even more elaborate than the matches are so yeah it's it's become such an in- integral portion and one of the greatest entrances all around entrances of all time you gotta say is the undertaker it's so important to his character is that walk to the ring and it was from day one and uh you know in the early days of wrestling a lot of times they would use just rock music just stuff that's on the radio or maybe unlicensed unlicensed, (laughs) but or or maybe like some classical stuff maybe Mm -hmm. you know macho man had pomp and circumstance or rick flair had the 2001 um space odyssey theme stuff like that um but as wwf continued to grow and continue to become the um uh you know, polished television product that they were, they brought on a guy named Jim Johnston uh, to to create all of these iconic wrestling theme musics. Oh, the, the greatest to ever do it uh, throughout the 90s, Attitude Era into the early 2000s. Um, he, there's a quick clip of him on YouTube talking about crafting the Undertaker's music to kind of set the stage as we go through this evolution. What kind of music? Well, uh, I don't know, but he's a dead guy. And you know, it's like, well, what are you supposed to think? He's a dead guy. I mean, he's actually dead, so we're not even going to see somebody? Or, No, he's like seven feet and wears a black leather coat. So I tried all sorts of stuff. As is frequent in this process, when you're trying to find something, you generally don't find it. And when you kind of relax into what's right in front of your face, the information that's right there, the answer reveals itself quickly. And, and that's what happened in this case. I thought like, well, okay, it's a dead guy. So he died. It should be something uh, sad and uh, mournful. And I played this incredibly delicate little, just a high like this. He plays this really beautiful instrumental version of the Undertaker's theme. Um, 
and it's uh you you can hear it on you know on this youtube clip it's it's very pretty uh but of course that's not what you want to hear somebody coming out to the ring with um right. so he says it needs to be bigger it needs to be grander so he brings in like a church organ sound or a choir sound and then he says well it needs this uh it needs that signature thing at the beginning so he's going to give it the death bell at the begin uh and he says to do that he put two different bell sounds together along with a bass guitar note to give us that signature gong that we all yeah. that know and love and, and associate with the Undertaker. So that's kind of the crafting of his music. Um, but it's interesting. It didn't really come together uh, from day one. So uh, I want to play the very first Undertaker theme here from Survivor Series 1990. Um, you tell me what's missing here, Travis. Uh, hopefully we can hear it. So what's uh what what are we missing there? So we don't have the <clears throat> the gong as we call it, and we don't have the thunder and the lightning. The exactly. lightning and the thunder. Thunder. Yeah, we don't have that. So but again, it's, just, it's uh, it's in the infancy stages. It's it's uh, it's a, uh, it's gonna grow. Yeah, it's essentially just basically the organ version, just organ, of, of yeah. the song. Um, but you know that <clears throat> iconic Survivor Series entrance, uh, with uh, Ted DiBiase introducing him to the ring. We yeah. know, we can quote it uh, by heart. Um, I mean, he, he look what, at the size of that hammock. Yeah, you rated it. <laughs> his greatest entrance of all time on our top 10 undertaker entrances ever. I mean, what, what does that music communicate about this character? It, it, it gives you the feeling you're, it elicits the feeling you're supposed to, it's supposed to elicit from the character. I mean, it, it, it says it, it's all wrapped into one, you know, immediately. Okay. This is like a funeral sound. It's like a church thing. So it's, it's, it's somber. It's like, you know, It'd be weird if he came out to like Thunderstruck or something, you know, like something <clears throat> loud and rock and rolly. He's coming right. out to something that gives you, it evokes that emotion of death and doom and gloom. And it's kind of eerie, you know, it's kind of spooky, which is exactly the reaction that you wanted when he's in the ring. And those kids in the crowd are like scared when he walks out, you know? Yes. So it's perfect. It's not Hulk Hogan. It's not. Or the ultimate warrior. Or even like a Ted DiBiase with like the Monday, Monday, Monday. You know, it sets a totally different tone. And the way he walks to the ring, he doesn't run to the ring. You know, he is walking like this ominous character. And it just, it's so perfectly sets the mood for this character who is going to become the greatest character of all time. Yeah, exactly. It's the perfect music. It really is. Uh, but, you know, even perfection can use a little improvement. So they, right. uh, they do improve upon it. And, and it takes a couple of weeks, but in January uh, of 1991, uh, we get the addition of the gong. Um, let's see here. Oops. I didn't start at the beginning. There we go. There it is. Okay. Again, even more ominous, you know? And again, he's still a heel this time. So, 
but that swell right there is great and it's just exactly. giving you even more of a feel of ooh, this is kind of creepy man and again the longer he was around at this point the scarier the scarier he was and the kids were literally crying you know hiding behind their parents shoulders and backs because this guy was coming out he's freaking them out dude and i just want to reiterate something uh we talked about in the early days of this podcast uh we use the shorthand. We always call it the gong. We even sell a shirt that says King of Gong style on yeah. our T public page. It is clearly not a gong yeah. that uh, yeah. is played at the beginning of The Undertaker's song. Uh, it's clearly a bell, and it's meant to be the bell tolling for whom the bell tolls, that, that yeah. classic phrase about death. Um, and it's, so it's a death bell. But we all just call it the gong. A commentary yeah. calls it the gong. Uh, yeah. It's just been called that through the years as if it's the sound effect. Um, a gong is what happens in Goldberg's entrance music, which you hear at yeah. the beginning. Uh, that's not a gong. So it always bugs me, but I still call it that anyway. Because <laughs> that's what you do. Um, yeah. So that's going to remain his signature sound re really throughout his heel run uh, throughout early 91, 92, uh, those early days of Undertaker, sort of just a very simple, very basic. Uh, it's called the Funeral March. Uh, that's the title of that version yeah. of the song. Uh, he's going to have a very interesting one-off. Um, let's see. Okay, I'll, I'll let it play through the ad here. But we talked about this on our Coliseum Video Classics episode last year at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, I yes. thought this was so cool. The Undertaker was played out on a live organ in the Albert yeah. Hall by this Phantom of the Opera guy. <clears throat> um, let's listen to this for a second. Yes, it does, Gorilla. Yes, it does. So, yes, uh, it does. Uh, just really cool. I think this is the only time it was ever like actually played live in the arena on an actual yeah, instrument. Right. So um, uh, I had to Pretty point cool. that out, a, a cool iteration of it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And he also, I want around this time, I don't have the exact date on this, 91 or 92. Um, he's on a Japanese tour and... Uh, I want to play this because it's just so different and unique. He didn't come out to that. No, thanks. That would have been a heck of an entrance. Yeah, uh, right. But, but he's got a match for the promotion War in Japan, Wrestling and Romance. And yes. uh, he's facing Haku. Uh, and this is the entrance. This is what plays it. It's not his traditional song, just this weird... I don't know still why they of, use this. Still gives you the same feeling of, you know, it's ominous, it's eerie, it's spooky, scary. But yeah, it's definitely not the same. But you uh, you can find like this. A, go ahead. It's more like of a preamble, like before it kicks in, you know, like I feel like it should be that and kind of swelling up and then his music should kick in. So that's interesting. Yeah, just a one off. Uh, I was looking for some rare entrances of his and found this i never heard it before <laughs> certainly so you can find that on youtube but um the next big change is going to come um in 1994 and that is with at summerslam 1994 
The Undertaker versus The Under Faker. So The Undertaker goes away at Royal Rumble 94, and uh, we get to SummerSlam 94. The two Undertakers, Ted DiBiase's Undertaker comes out to the classic Funeral March song. We got to have a way to differentiate these two guys. Yeah. And so that's when we get the Graveyard Symphony. This is a version of Undertaker's theme. Let's play a little bit of that here. So you can already hear a little, little bit of a difference in the bell and the swelling up in between. Yeah. A little bit of a crisper version yeah. of the song. Um, but set, just sets him apart, kind of a, a little bit of a cleaner evolution to it. Yeah. And this is, again, it's just evolving, like you said. And it's going to, this is more iconic to what we know nowadays, you know? You hear the cymbals crashing in the yeah. background on this one. It's more full. It's got more uh, it's more involvement from all the other instruments, you know? So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Gives it more full sound. And again, he's a baby face at this point. So um, it's, he doesn't need to be quite so just bland and the, the one-noted, you know, original music. He needs, he needs more excitement in it. So and it does. It stuff. feels cinematic in a way. Yeah. Um. Well, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. Uh, it is not an entrance song, but um, we need to talk about WrestleMania, the album, which came out in, uh, I want to say, 93, 94. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but not only is The Undertaker on one of the songs, um, he's on the the SummerSlam jam, which I have here on vinyl. Uh, wow. <laughs> the single, uh, because I, I believe it's the only time The Undertaker has been on a vinyl record cover, uh, as you guys can see that there. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he, Amazing. He has one line in the song. The Undertaker says slam. Uh, <laughs> so slam? His, his slam. Oh, slam. Like SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that is his recording uh, track debut. Debut. Uh, but even better, he does have his own song on the album. And, and this was... Sipping on Sin and Juice? Uh, album. <laughs> you should write that, man. <laughs> See what I can do. <laughs> well, this album was famously produced by Simon Cowell, uh, the Simon Cowell. Oh. Uh, this album came out. Uh, it features the wow. WWF superstars and just some very, very 90s tracks, uh, including this one called The Man in Black. Uh, let's see. Here. Not JC. Not Johnny Cash. Killer guitar solo to start off. That's wicked awesome. Dude. Hey, come on. Nick, man. <laughs> and if it ended right there, it would be really awesome. Yeah. Dance with the Taker. The most powerful entity in the World Wrestling Federation. Hit it. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no. Wicked awesome. And it just went, it crashed. <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> oh man. 
trying to mix like vanilla ice and thriller together. And they nailed it. <laughs> Man, I yeah. had this on cassette. I was eight, nine years old, and God bless my mother for letting me play this as often as I did in the car <laughs> with her. I cannot believe her patience, but she listened to that right? song so many times and that whole album. Uh so yeah, The Undertaker's uh musical debut, uh singing, singing A Man in Black. Dance wow. with the Taker. Dance with the Taker. Uh, dance with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. Dance with the Taker. That Good that stuff. would have fit right in on the Batman 89 exactly. soundtrack. It, it sounds like Prince. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It sounds just like the Batman 89 soundtrack. I want to hear you nail that solo at the beginning, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I'll never. That's killer. So, it's so good. Uh, so this so will good. not be the last time we hear from the Undertaker singing on a song either. But um, sadly, right. that didn't make it as one of his entrance th- songs. But he did evolve it. Survivor Series '95, uh, <laughs> Graveyard Symphony Volume Two is when this debuted again. Another comeback of the Undertaker with the Phantom Mask. Mm-hmm. So he debuted another slightly tweaked version of the song. Let's see if we can tell any differences between these. You hear the the thunder in the background here for the first time. Uh Subtle, but it's there. And that little bit of the choir. Yeah. Yeah, it's ever so subtle, but yeah, it's, it's there, you know? Yeah. And that thunder and the, and the lightning special effects and the smoke, that's all. The Undertaker's entrance is continuing to grow and grow and grow and become yeah. this massive thing, and the music is going along with that. And again, we've talked about that endlessly on here, about how his entrance is more of a production. Just the amount of money and detail they pay to his his entrance, more than anybody else. I'm not talking about everybody gets a big WrestleMania entrance. I'm talking about just a, a weekly entrance. His gets more production and nuance than anybody else's. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, and that's going to remain his theme song for a pretty long time. It's, it's pretty much going to stay like that for the next three years or so, three and a half years. Um, but I do want to talk about another, um, time the Undertaker appears on a recording and that is full metal, the album. So this was the ofi- first ever official CD and cassette release of WBF actual themes was full metal. The album came out in um, 96, I think uh, is when it officially came out. And, uh, you know, they had done, I had a cassette from the WBF fan club that I got with some entrance themes. Uh, they would, you know, sprinkle them out on certain things. Like the, the pile driver album has a few themes on there, but it's not like an official soundtrack yeah. release of, of WBF themes. The full metal album was that, of course, it's got the Undertaker on there, but it had a couple original songs, uh, which most people remember as the theme song for Monday Night Raw in the Attitude Era. Um, Thorn in Your all, Eye? Thorn in Your Eye. Well, this is We're All Together Now. This is the other okay. uh, version of it. But it's, uh, you know, it's got the words. Let's see if I can find That's not Undertaker singing, but uh, he does come in. See if I can get to it. See, I've been growing my hair out just for this episode right here. That's what it was for. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut it tomorrow. 
Got Razor and Diesel talking here. <laughs> yes, Paul Love Bear. Paul Bear. I love this song. This is great. We're all together now. So, yeah. You didn't know the Undertaker was so talented, multi-talented, man. I did not. I was a big George Strait fan, but it hasn't come through yet in his recordings. <laughs> oh, I feel like we got to mention him actually being a part of some songs here. Uh, oh yeah, pretty cool. Uh, great music video. If you ever, if you've never seen that, I encourage people to go watch that. Him in the studio with Bearer and Diesel and Sean, Ooh. Brett, uh, Razor. I would love to be fly on the wall for that. <laughs> That day. Oh yeah. I bet when they were done, they went out and had a good time. <laughs> oh, great time. They're they, I'm sure they were having a good time in there too. Probably. Um, and then I want to mention um WrestleMania 14 because this is not a change to the song. He's still gonna use the graveyard symphony song, but there is a slight twist. Yeah. Before the a little, little appetizer. That's yeah, right, exactly. This is a song called O Fortuna. And again, going back to our greatest interests of all time, we interviewed one of the Druids that was there at WrestleMania 14. Uh, I think this was my number two or number one. It might have been number one. I don't know. I think it was your number one entrance. Um, it was, it was up there. I'll call it my number one right now. But yeah. Yeah. Before Undertaker comes out, the Druids come out with the torches and just this um, epic song. Everybody knows this song. You may not know the name of it. You know the name of it, yeah. Movies, TV shows, commercials. Bugs Bunny cartoons. For sure. Yeah. And it gave that match with Kane, which was his biggest match ever up to that point, an even more massive, huge feel. Yeah, it did. Just, again, just adding that one extra little thing to put him over the top and, and to single him out and give him that little extra, you know, extra bam, as old Emeril Lagasse would have said <laughs> back in this era. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We saw it. Extra little secret sauce, you know? We saw that happen, you know, many times. I don't remember specifics, but there was a lot of times where there would be sort of preludes to his entrance with some of yeah. the chanting and the druids coming out. But that was really the first yeah. time we, we saw that there. Yeah. All right, so the graveyard sympathy, that sim- symphony, not sympathy, symphony, that, that's really been his signature throughout the first eight years of his career. It's really going to first begin to evolve at Fully Loaded 1998, where we're going to get um, the first. I, I think a lot of us evolved at Fully Loaded 1998. <laughs> a lot of 12-year-old boys. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> it wasn't just The Undertaker. Yeah. Good call. Uh <laughs> Well, this is the song that's called Dark Side, which was on. It is probably my favorite Undertaker entrance song. It was on WWF The Music Volume 3. Not this version, though, uh, because you're going to hear it right here. It did get tweaked a number of times, Mm -hmm. um, but this was the first time we heard anything like it was fully loaded in 98. 
But you can already hear it's starkly different already. Yeah, and you got that that electric in the background, you know. Here we go. Okay, a little bit different. That's good stuff. Yeah. Than than what we're used to, really? but but it's it's certainly um, uh, evolving. But it fits the time too. It it fits the time that they're in. You know, his music had to evolve. You got Austin coming out to this Rage Against the Machine type, you know, glass shattering. You got the rock. Exactly. Icon. You got Mankind. I mean, I mean, heck, DX. I mean, everybody's music is just standing out. And so. His had to evolve a little bit and get a little more rock. Because, again, this is 98. This is, you know, this is just a crazy time in the world and in pop culture. And, you know, Jerry Springer and South Park and everything was anti-establishment. And, you know, it's just great stuff, man. Let's get a little more edge. Exactly. He is sort of leaving behind that cartoony character yes. of the early 90s yeah. he's not wearing the purple and gray gloves anymore exactly. he's not wearing the top pat or or and the robe anymore he is becoming that attitude era edgier undertaker yes. so he needs music to fit that yeah uh and here is the signature version that is on that volume three um album that i you know you, you had Definitely that too mine. i know we both oh, wore yeah. that cd out Oh, no doubt, man. This is definitely my most listened to version of this song because I listened to this album just from start to finish over and over again, dude. Especially Almost playing as good, figures and stuff. Oh, yeah. Almost as good of a guitar as the uh, Dance with the Dead Man. <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> It's still dark, me, it's know, still ominous, yeah. but it's got a, a, more of an edge to it. Heavy, and it's kind of like a... It's like just pushing forward to, like, kind of climax. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just... It feels very aggressive. It does. The whole time period was, you know? But it still, you know, it still has that yeah. foundation yes. of that original Funeral March and Graveyard Symphony. Yeah. This little guitar exactly. part, I love this. Oh, it's so great. So good. Got it. So that's going to continue on throughout the uh, 98. He's going to use that. Uh, he's actually going to go back to a version of Graveyard Symphony for a little while uh, when he first begins the Ministry of Darkness, when he first becomes that character at the end of 1998 into 99. But WrestleMania 15 is when we're going to get Dark Side version 2, the Ministry version. Uh, and and it's going to be sort of that same foundation, but but you got him. You got this Latin chanting or whatever it is. So yeah, basically the same song, but yeah, adding in that ominous chanting, and and we talked about this on the show. I'll, I'll keep playing it here, um, and and it it's sort of like I I didn't pinpoint all the different versions because there are a lot of different versions of this ministry song. Yeah. seems like they were almost changing it every couple of weeks, which is fascinating to me. Like uh, throughout this, like how do they get these songs on TV? And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, Oh, it's not quite it. Let, let, let's add this. Like, I, I'd love to hear the thought process of that. Oh yeah, no. Um, I know. But what he's saying in there is this, um, a chant it says it's an old Irish chant, and it's from the movie Excalibur. 
that's where they got right. this from. So somebody on creative was watching that movie on TV on cable. Well, Pat Patterson. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard, probably. Um, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, that's saying, accept the Lord of Darkness as your, as your savior. And uh, oh, sorry. No, no. Sorry. He Undertaker says, accept the Lord of Darkness as your savior. Allow the purity of evil to guide you. And then the chanting stuff, it means serpent's breath, omen of making, serpent's breath, serpent's land. So really doesn't mean anything when it comes to Undertaker, but there we go. Old serpent's breath. It sound, <laughs> sounded cool at the time. It sounds cooler in Latin than it does in English. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know who would go on and take that Latin stuff would be Triple H. Oh, it's a good point. Stuff and his, you know, his, you know, t-shirts and his Titantron videos and stuff. Eventually, so yeah, there you go, folks. Taker started it. So that's going to slow down even more with Dark Side version three as Undertaker continues to get darker. His music yeah. continues to grow darker here. You can hear it's like in a more, you know, minor key, slowing down a little bit. It's like you're playing it at half yeah. speed almost. Yeah, it's slowed down a little bit. But it's still heavy, you know? Yeah, it's, it's almost even heavier with the slower down. It feels heavier that way. Um, And then finally, we get the big mashup. Uh, the last version of this theme, the corporate ministry theme. So it's like we've seen it so, throughout the years so much with WWF mashing up theme songs. This was like one of the first times they ever did it. We'll take the mm -hmm. No Chance in Hell song basically blend it with the ministry theme song here yeah can you go up a little bit yep i remember thinking this was so cool at the time even though i didn't really love the like the faction i liked this mashup yeah i do too i think i think a lot of people really like this one and i love the no chance in hell song the original one too Shane O'Mac. Talk about an iconic theme song. I mean, Vince, maybe face heel, whenever he comes out and they play that, it's just the whole crowd sings it, man. It's like oh, great. it's got to be like a top <clears throat> 15 WWE theme oh, song no probably of all time. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, um, the progression of that song. It is certainly one of the Undertaker's most iconic yeah songs it, it evolves a lot in in just a year there's like you know six different versions of it yeah know, played throughout the weeks things are moving so fast though i mean think about it, that's russo Great era point. that's you know storylines are moving and i mean we <laughs> it killed us covering those raws dude like it did we had so much to cover in one two-hour raw like it was wild especially 98 because he was at the center of everything even though he wasn't necessarily main event every time he was at the center of all of it you know and in 99 with him in the ministry and him in Austin, it's just all of it was so much. So, yeah, everything is progressing so quickly. Storylines are moving so fast. Jim Johnson's got to be like at home like, freaking A, dude, I got to make a new, a new theme song. He, he must yeah. not have been sleeping, yeah. man. Yeah. That's just one song he's going to have, have right. to redo like every three weeks yeah. and, and do a new version yeah. of us, not to mention all the other guys on exactly. the roster that he's having to do. I would love to know those phone calls and those conversations is that Vince Russo making that call? Is that uh, Vince McMahon making that call? You know, what is going into that thought process? Yeah. Um, but it is, it, it's so important to the show. It's what we talked about when we mm -hmm. first started talking about this. Um, it would be weird if that music wasn't there. But um, yeah. Well, in the middle of all that, he has to come up with this song, 
Union. <laughs> well, maybe that's why that one is not so great because his brain was fried <laughs> and all this other stuff. Um, but the uh, 90s run ends with a song I think is underrated, one of his most underrated theme songs for, for a team that I know you really liked, man. The uh, the Unholy yeah, Alliance. Let's Take go. her in Big Show. Let me go back to the beginning here. You can get that. I like I that. It. Yeah. Boom. Sort of a twist on the gong. Yeah. Oh, man. This sounds, sounds like video like game music. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Metroid game or something. Like I'm playing, or, uh, golly, Contra. It sounds like it'd be in Contra. You hear sure. this song behind the Contra level. Yeah. Interesting. Underrated music. That's good stuff. I, I wish it. that tag team lasted longer, man. I loved it. They were they had a good run. Um, you you put their match with Xbox uh, and Kane it. at SummerSlam '99. It was in your top twenty, man. It was. I I stand by it. But yeah, they were obviously important enough to get their own theme song, and again, it's sort of a another evolution, another version of um, the the dark side theme there. Uh, but pretty cool. Um, no mashup like the uh, uh, show. Big show awesome. <laughs> yeah. That may be the worst theme song of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um so then before we get into the big massive change uh, of the year 2000 uh and the biker taker character, another Ooh. song that's not an entrance song, but we got to play it here. Um in 1999, we get the WWE Aggression album, uh, or maybe it was 2000. But um, I did not have that one. I didn't have this one either, and I had never heard yeah. the song before researching for this episode. But uh, you know, gone are the days when we're doing the 80s Vanilla Ice Prince type inspired yeah. music for WWE. Now we're into hip hop and rap here with this album. I think this album is most famous for having the King of Rock DX theme song. Who? which x-pac has said in interviews that's his favorite version of his music and i i have to agree but we get an undertaker song on here no i don't uncle cracker didn't make the list i don't think (laughs) or maybe that's number two but uh this is a course of course travis dame grease presents mino uh world-renowned artist of course we all know his tracks but this song is called ministry let me know what you think of this, brother. Ain't never gonna stop. We never stop. We are gonna stop. Let's go. Sounds like DMX. This guy sounds like it'll be DMX. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, this guy's such a poser, dude. Get out of here. Get out of here, dude. You are no DMX. No. DMX so bad. Let's skip. See if we can get different. Oh, it's it's for sure DMX impression. Yeah, dude. That's the most DMX. Lee, bro. 
not a fan of that one. I can't even know. Well, I, I don't really get the Undertaker. There's not much nah, to that didn't, didn't even sounds like Undertaker. But uh had to mention it there. It's it's written yeah. for Undertaker. I, I wonder if that would have ever come up on TV, you know, if he had stayed around. Obviously, he left in 99, came back in, in early 2000. So uh, just interesting to hear. I think we got to mention it. Um, yeah, but- they got that dude. They got to want to be DMX so bad, dude. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. <laughs> Probably the biggest evolution Undertaker's career. He comes back in Judgment Day 2000. Oh, sorry. They could have done DX gonna give it to you. They could have put a DX gonna give it to you. Wasted Dang, opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, RIP anyway. DMX. Can't do it now. Friday's. Yeah, I know. Judgment Day 2000. This is the debut yes, of Kid Rock's American Badass for the. Undertaker, who I mean, this this song is so influential. It basically is what we call this character. We call this character yeah. the American Badass be, because of the theme song that Kid Rock yeah. uses. Um, you don't really hear it much, really, on the Judgment Day 2000 match because he comes in so fast on the motorcycle yeah. and he's trying to hit this uh, time cue in the match, so you barely hear it there. But of course, it's gonna you're gonna hear it on Raw the next night, and it's gonna last for about seven months on TV. But man, this was a huge deal at the time. Yeah, this was a massive change to the Undertaker's character. It wouldn't have made any sense for him to come out to the old graveyard music. But this wasn't like a new original Jim Johnston song. They used licensed right. music which was pretty rare for WWE Mm -hmm. and kind of always has been rare. Uh, But not only that, like this was a hit song at the time. This was not like a classic song. It's hard to believe, but like this song was like on TRL. Like this song was on the radio. This song was a big deal at the time. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something. I don't even know what's on rock radio right now, but it'd be like licensing something that's on radio now. It's just crazy, man. It'd be, it'd be wild, dude. Like, Licensing something that's hot. I mean, it's just insane. Like yeah, if you like license Creed right now because they're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, Adam Copeland has Alter Bridge again. So that's right. Yeah, but yeah, but that, I mean, this, they, WWE likes to have everything in house, own their own IP, trademark names, and this and that and the other. And I get it from a business standpoint. I get it. But um, yeah, this is a real big step. Again, like we keep saying, he gets the special treatment. Undertaker does. He's Vince's pet project. Even though this is 10 years later from his debut, he's still getting his special treatment. Again, Vince is going to go out and license an actual song from, you know, a, like he's a current band. It's not like he's going to the 70s and licensing Steve Miller's song, you know, or Steve Miller's not tour anymore. Like he's going to a current, you know, top 20 radio hit. You know, it's crazy, dude. So, yeah, it's awesome. And it definitely brought it, you know, this is still WCW's around, ECW's around. Definitely put this leg up like, oh, we're more mainstream than you, you know? Oh, absolutely. Now, WCW has Jimi Hendrix. You know, they got, they licensed Voodoo Child. Good point. But uh, everything else from them was probably in-house made by, um, golly, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Hart and uh, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. Conan, you know. Conan sing his own song, too. But yeah. <laughs> Not from Voodoo Child. You know, this is this is it, you know? WWF's going out on the limb now and, and licensing some music. So, yeah, definitely – so iconic dude just and it it definitely signifies a change in character it does and it's um it's unfortunate that um it's really not licensed much these days because it's pretty much i think there may have been a couple exceptions when we were going through uh these episodes but it's almost exclusively dubbed over on peacock Mm -hmm. and on the wwe network so that is 
<sighs> very disappointing. And it, you know, you, it really takes you out of the moment when, when they've got a different theme dubbed in over there. So that's a bummer. Um, but it has come back in recent years. Like we said, uh, he had it NXT. on NXT this past week. So uh, yep. maybe that will change one day. Maybe they'll get the rights back to it one day. Uh, Did he have it at Raw 30? I believe so. I yeah, was pretty too, sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's his current version. Kid Rock's a Hall of Famer. You know, he, he even played this song live on Raw one day or back yeah. in 2000. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe the license ran out. I don't know. Maybe it was a short-term license because... Uh, by the end of the year, we've got another big shift at Armageddon yeah. 2000. We get the debut of Roland by Limp Biscuit, and uh, that's where the six way hell in a cell, right? Oddly enough, it's a match where Undertaker didn't even ride his bike to the ring. Yeah, <laughs> he comes out right. to Roland at the six way hell in a cell. Uh, so uh, I actually have the clip of that first time he ever used it here. Uh, I want to play it. Uh, let's see. Make his way to the ring. So it's a little bit different of a cut to it. This man doesn't have a limp biscuit. Guarantee you. You know JR's there with the call. That's not even Lawler with the call. Nope. That was Jim. Yeah. Dang. So yeah, a little bit of a different (laughs) cut to the song. But again, dude, Lip Biscuit was so freaking huge in the year 2000. Yeah. And this song was huge, man. And I honestly, I prefer this one over Kid Rock. To me, I, I think this one fits Undertaker even more. And I, I think it's an, a better entrance song. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I like it better. You know, I like it. Uh, it's just because he's going to have this at Mania 17, dude. And it's just like that live performance and all. It's just. To me, it's this fits the character better. You know, I like it. I don't like Limp Biscuit over Kid Rock or anything, but I think as far as the character, it fits better. That's a, that's a real tough call right there. I don't know where to go. That's like uh, picking last week. Did I want the flu or strap, man? I just, I had to pick right, one. exactly. <laughs> so I picked the flu. I, I like that you picked this leather jacket to continue on the second half of this podcast, dude. Oh, it's just, it's not leather. It looks leather. It's just. It's like a, a Nike, just a Nike jacket. <laughs> we'll, we'll say it's leather, though. It looks different. Did you change? No. Or you just zip it up more? The whole time. Oh, it, <laughs> looks, it looks different. Well, maybe. I maybe know. the lighting. I don't know. <laughs> looks like you put, I thought you put another jacket on. <laughs> no, but I can. I can grab my wife's jacket, too, and put it on. Yeah, sure. Um. <laughs> now, there, there we go. <laughs> We got props. Um, Well, we got to talk about too. uh, It it evolved as well. He used Roland for about a year and a half, but also during that time, he tag teams with his brother Kane and the brothers of destruction. And we get another sort of uh, a mashup of their two themes where we get Kane's organ playing at the beginning, the, pyro hits and it crashes right into Roland right there. I always loved that version of the Brothers of Destruction entrance. I like that. It was really cool, man. Just two iconic characters and I'm glad they kept, you know, Kane's music as part of that entrance. So Yeah, yeah. Always 
awesome to see them two walk out together. Uh, and then I don't know if they stopped wanting to pay licenses to Limp Biscuit or um, I've also read maybe it was because of Undertaker's heel turn in 2002, but they're going to stop using rolling uh, at Judgment Day 2002 and give us the first version of a song called Dead Man. So we'll play That's that That's when he here. wins the title from That's when he wins the title from Hogan. Yep. So this is the instrumental version that he's going to use to start off with here. What do you Which think of I Dead prefer. Man? Yeah, it sounds I do like too. Molly Hatchet or something, man. Sounds like mm. uh, something like that, you know, classic rock feel. Um, if they were switching, you know, because of license, I was fine with this version right here. I didn't mind the Dead Man one because he had that in front of the Roland, I believe it was. And then uh, I don't mind this at all. Now, wait till we get to the next version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just always saw this one as such a big downgrade to me. It's a downgrade uh, for sure. You know, yeah. even though I'm not, I'm not a Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock fan, I, you know, at the time I, I kind of was, and it, it just felt so cool and so iconic for him to have these songs and to go to just this original instrumental version. It's not bad. Like I don't hate it, right. but it just was such a downgrade at the time. It felt cheap. It felt disappointing. <laughs> Um, just not as cool at the time. So this one's never been one of my favorite versions of the Undertaker's entrance. Um, but again, he's going heelish here, right? So I'm not supposed to not like it, I guess. So and I think I that's know. part of the the idea there too. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna have a weird one-off version in <laughs> um, 2002, September of 2002. Stop this one. I think I've got the right video pulled. Is that Unforgiven? It's right before Unforgiven, so it's not even on TV. I mean, it's not on the pay-per-view, but it's on TV. We noted this on the podcast. Yeah. so weird. A little bit of a different version. This isn't even the one I was looking for, but it it does evolve a little bit. Let me see if I can find the right one. Um, Oh, yeah, this is the one I was looking for. This, yeah. Use this one for like literally one week. I think it was one SmackDown. Yes. Allison Chain stuff right there, man. This is terrible. That sounds I hate, like I Lance Daly should be singing over that. Yeah. That doesn't fit him at all. It doesn't feel right. It's too aged. Yeah, it's too early '90s, late '80s, man. That's like some like that's like some early Soundgarden, early Allison Chains feel. No is, good. Again, I, I, w- I would love to know the decision making. How did this get approved for TV? And then why is it gone after one week? It's so bizarre. But uh, it's weird. I remember when um, Randy used uh, what will become punk's music. Like, yeah, one, for one, time. one time. So weird, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Very strange. I'd love to know the decision making behind that. And I'd love to know the decision making behind putting lyrics to oh that uh, Dead Man song. Yeah. This is called You're Gonna Pay. I think we Doesn't all Randy know this song? pretty well. Uh, a lot of people do. It's very, oh, uh, do. very beloved. Boo. You Yes, you have. You put lyrics on the song. <laughs> Poor man's Creed, dude. 
Get out of here. Exactly. PMC, dude. Poor Man's Creed. Is that the name of the band? PMC? (laughs) Might as well be. Run PMC. (laughs) Again, yeah, this is so... It's not a... We've gone from mega rock star singing Undertaker song to some jabroni off the street singing Undertaker song. And that's why this just feels like so low budget. TNA level, like rip off music. Man, I just never got into this. Uh, But it is pretty memorable and it was short lived, but I think a lot of people uh, were big fans of it, even despite all that. Yeah, it's memorable, but because memorable doesn't mean it's good. (laughs) I remember the movie Shark Tale, but it was terrible. (laughs) It was memorable, but it was terrible. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Probably the same era. It was a couple years later, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I pulled that out of my brain. <laughs> I love it. That's what you went to. <laughs> yeah. I think well, like certainly, Twilight. nope, Shark Tale. <laughs> certainly memorable, and you said it a little bit earlier, but we got to mention it as a one-off. Uh, it was actually not Mania seventeen; it was Mania nineteen that Undertaker had Limp Biscuit oh, doing that live yeah. performance of Rolling, which was interesting because he had already left that song and gone to the uh you're gonna pay song yeah uh, but they brought back there they got limp biscuit there to perform it live so you gotta do rolling a performance by the the wwe's favorite band in the whole wide world as tony chimble <laughs> calls him limp biscuit what an awesome moment though i mean oh, yeah. fred durst is going nuts dancing in the ring with the the girls dressed up like him take her riding that bike down that long ramp at safeco field in seattle so i mean that thing i think that made our top 10 undertaker entrances of all time oh, yeah for good reason i mean that was so cool it was awesome and uh you know fred durst become a playable character in the smackdown series yes he so. did i don't remember if it was that year before that, I think it was before that, but um, yeah, cool, man. It was really cool that he got to be in there. Um, I didn't know this, but I read somewhere that Fred Durst he had it in his contract anytime he licensed his music for a video game that they had to make him a playable character. So he's actually in multiple video games. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was in stuff Good besides SmackDown. I can't remember what the other ones were, he's probably in like Tony Hogg. Something like that. He's in a few other video games. So that's amazing. What a great stipulation to put in. That's a great writer to have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so then the next big evolution, Undertaker gets buried alive at Survivor Series 2003 by Mr. McMahon. And we are there live at WrestleMania 20. You and I are um at Madison Square Garden to hear the return. Uh, Well, it's not quite the return of the Graveyard Symphony because it's another evolution of it. This is a version of that song called Rest in Peace. Uh, Of course, the Mm. Druids come out that night. Paul Bearer comes out that night. uh, And this is what we hear Undertaker come out to on that night, the return of the dead man. The rain coming down. Yes. Chanting, the gong. Huge thunder, and that's you and I going crazy right there. Absolutely. Oh yeah, first too. Oh yeah, what a return! 
I'm it's glad that, he returned with like that kind of music, you know. And it's the classic Undertaker song turned up to eleven. Man, everything yeah. is you cranked up all the tuners and yeah. whatever you are in the studio, all the volumes turned all up, the all the instruments up, are yeah. turned up. Yeah, that's basically what this is. And this is really going to be his longest running song for his career because he's going to use this essentially to the end of his career. They're really not going to tweak it or change it much here. It's pretty much just going to be this up until 2020 uh, with a few exceptions that we're going to talk about here. So this is just a grandiose, epic version of the classic Undertaker theme that's going to carry him uh, through the last uh, back half of his career. Yeah, and this is, you know, when I think of Taker music, I think of this because it lasted so long. I think, and I, like, I'm talking about the Dead Man era. I think of this, and I think of that one, like, in like, Volume 3, you know, that we talked about earlier. Just those two probably just stand out the most in my mind because, again, this one has been his longest lasting, and it's the most of his Dead Man part. And then uh, just that one from 98-ish, just because that's where we were just, we were in it, dude. We were just oh yeah in it, dude, so... But yeah. that one was so short, too. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah. They really only used it for uh, maybe three or four months, uh, that, that particular version, which is wild. Um, all right. So another moment we were there for, the next big change we got to talk about here is WrestleMania 27. And mm-hmm. um, he actually did use it on TV a couple times before this. But really, the moment we remember is WrestleMania 27, the man in black, the real man in black, not the Undertaker man in black, the real one, Johnny Cash, song called Ain't No Grave. Just, can it be a more perfect song? No. Can there be a more, it's like it was written for him. It it really is. The chains Chain, like a ghost, yeah. man. Yeah, like it takes me like Jacob Marley from the Ghost of exactly. Christmas Past, you know? Yes, dragging the chains around. Just so good. Just so, this song echoing through the Georgia Dome. Oh, so I'm incredible. getting goosebumps, dude. <laughs> yeah, no. Just remembering yeah. that. And I'm so glad we were got to see it live because that's the only way it exists besides <laughs> yeah. some YouTube clips, because it was only on the original broadcast. It's not even on the DVD, certainly not on Peacock, which is God, you're, so, they should have known back that then they were putting everything on DVD. Like what? Just yeah. pay. I don't know how much you got to pay, but pay the money. If you're going to go to the trouble of having it be this incredible moment, preserve it in history on DVD yeah. and everything. Oh, it's so frustrating. That is one thing I will say, you know, <clears throat> Tony Khan has said that the music he has licensed allegedly is in perpetuity. Like it's supposed to be which is awesome. licensed for the end till the end of AEW. So like that is really cool. And that and that may be it may be easier to do that nowadays just because it's a bigger deal to license music and plus these musicians aren't getting their fees off of you know, they're getting their fees off of <laughs> spins on Spotify and right, licensing right, right. it. So you know it's not as much of our, uh, you know, buying albums anymore. So it's probably easier now, but still, I do appreciate that about Tony willing to drop some coin and to do it in perpetuity. You know, that's, that's really awesome. You know, which, you know, you can critique AW all you want. You cannot critique their entrance music game, man. No, that's <laughs> some killer licensed yeah. music for some of their entrance music, dude. I yeah. love Orange Cassidy's theme. Uh, I love Dan I like Bryan. Jungle Boy's old one. 
Oh yeah. The Daniel yeah. Bryan using the final countdown is always awesome. Uh they, they got Punk. some great stuff. Of course. Punk. Jericho using Judas, you know, and now Edge has or excuse me, Adam Copeland has Metalingus again. Yeah, it's you know? Such a great move with there. It's so great. Yeah. And I dude, I thought Ain't No Grave was gonna be Taker's new theme new song, song. Because yeah. it was so fitting, especially for that era of his career where he's the old grizzled veteran hearing johnny cash play him to the ring would have been so perfect but it was not meant to be um especially after that match because he he wins but he leaves on a gurney basically you know or on the golf cart you know well we never got it released with johnny cash but we did get the undertaker's wrestlemania 27 entrance released with katie perry this really happened I remember watching it on TV. Uh, they had a WrestleMania 27 special that aired on NBC like a, a six or seven months after Mania 27 with highlights. And they, I, I'm going to play it right here. I'm going to play the actual broadcast clip here. They don't put in Johnny Cash, Ain't No Grave. They put in the song E.T. by Katy Perry as The Undertaker walks to the ring here. Let's uh, let's Let's play this clip from the NBC broadcast. Just wait for it. There's the gong. Taker's smoke is bubbling up now. Mother goose. This what is happening? On NBC. Taker's walking to the ring oh. right now. Awful. Can you imagine if we were in the Georgia Dome and this was playing? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that'd be awful, dude. This is so bizarre. I guess she was hot, though, at that time. You oh, know, she so was. had to pick something. Not looking, I just mean her music was hot. Golly, dude. I'd rather heard Eye of the Tiger. I probably hadn't come out yet. Oh. <sighs> I had to mention I that one. Yeah, that would been great. Fire. Or firework. <laughs> Baby, <laughs> fire. Firework. Taker's walking out. Yeah. I hey, kissed awful, a girl and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. It could be any other Katy Berry song. Anything. They uh, probably had some licensing agreement with NBC to do that. She probably promote some single or something. Uh, it's just hilarious. Terrible though. Great YouTube video to seek out. You can find that, folks. But uh, you're gonna use a female singer. Let's use Evanescence for him. Uh, yeah, Bring yeah, me to life. Um, of course, we go back to the signature. Um, rest in peace, Graveyard Symphony. After that, and that's gonna do it until. We get the huge surprise at the Boneyard match at WrestleMania 36, uh, another licensed song. And I believe I didn't go back and check, but I'm, I'm pretty positive. This one still exists. Um, I think so. How could you take this one out? This is Metallica for the Undertaker's final match. Surprise. Yeah. They're, I don't think they're easy to license music from either. No. I, I don't think they're cheap uh, to do that with, but this is <clears throat> now that we're dead for the Boneyard match by Metallica. I'm getting chills again, just hearing that. I know. Oh man. I can see it. I can see them yes. riding the motorcycle down. 
from the drone shot. This is perfect for this match. Because again, he said he's bringing the whole unholy trinity or whatever, you know, like he's bringing Dead Man, American BA, and Mark Calloway, you know. So he needed something different, you know. It wouldn't have been right if he had, you know, Kid Rock or Roland playing. And it needed something different. This is right. awesome. And dude, I, I remember us watching, doing yeah. what we're doing now. We This was, you know, the beginnings of COVID. So we, we had a Zoom call going with a couple of our other buddies you know just watching this match and just the, the whole boneyard match experience was so mind-blowing and so yeah. amazingly done and this again so cinematic and this undertaker driving into the graveyard to the boneyard to the tune of this it, it popped off the screen it just oh yeah it brought you into that moment which to bring this full circle, that's what entrance music is supposed to do. It's supposed to create yeah. that feeling and that moment to make it feel special. And hearing this music for the first time with The Undertaker made it feel so special and so different. And uh, I yeah. can't stop bouncing. I, I loved that. It. was great. Dude, yeah. I love it. Great. Yeah. Um, if you were watching, sorry, I was so bouncing cool. a lot. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> if Undertaker were yeah. going to wrestle another five years, I mean, I think this is what he should have transition to it it would have been an awesome day coming Perry. out to it <laughs> it's tough thing yeah no nah, that's that's that was awesome and yeah good on them for metallica for you know allowing them to have that because like i said they're pretty stingy with their stuff you know I, i'm pretty sure they are um, i mean they like helped shut napster down and stuff like back in exactly. the day so, you know <laughs> didn't like put their stuff on streaming for a long time so so uh, finally, uh, we got to talk about Survivor Series 2020. That is the final farewell of The Undertaker. And mm -hmm. again, he's not using Metallica that night, but uh, he does. Sorry about that. He does make a very unique yeah. special entrance with a version of that signature theme played on. Uh, what are they called, Travis? It's the coils. Let's see if I can get this queued up in the Thunderdome this was awesome this was great Uh, explain to the people what a Tesla coil is, because I had no nope. idea until I saw this. <laughs> you explained it to me at some point. Uh, I mean, essentially, it's a coil of, I don't know if it's like electromagnetic energy or something that uh, you run through, like you, you run power through it, basically, and it makes these electric, like, I don't know, things shoot off of it, and you can tune it to make noise and stuff. It's pretty cool. Like, it's it's pretty scientific and it's pretty, you know, right. heavy in physics to make it sing a song like that. It's pretty sweet. He used to go to like to the hands-on museum in like elementary school and they'd have a little one where you could put your hand on and you could see the electricity like go to your hand and stuff. But yeah, it's it's really cool, man. Anytime, anytime I hear Tesla, all I think of is David Bowie and the Prestige. Ooh, <laughs> I don't think of Elon Musk. I think I'm of glad. David Bowie and the Prestige. <laughs> That's a much better thing to think about. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. it, I just a very momentous night for the undertaker and it made yeah. it feel grander and larger than life and yep. even more special. So I, I thought it was really cool. 
um, a great way to say goodbye to that character. Uh, even if Mr. McMahon didn't even think that was the actual <laughs> retirement, he still went all out yeah. for it. Um, he did. Uh, well, of course, like we said, he comes back in 2023 to Kid Rock to the American Badass song. So who knows if, when we see him in the future, what he will be coming out to, if it will be to Katy Perry or Johnny Cash or uh, the Man in Black song. Maybe he'll or bring that out for the future. Impre- oh, ooh, maybe so. <laughs> uh, we don't know what the future will hold. Uh, there is a great uh, you can find a Spotify album uh, by WWE that has not every undertaker theme uh some of these that rare ones that we talked about are not on there but it has a good chunk of these on there um i want to show this off uh another vinyl i picked up yes. last year yes. by the undertakers uh right. i am a big vinyl collector and i saw this one in a uh, so bargain good. bin somewhere and i was like i don't know what this is but i have to buy it um it's like a band from the like the 60s it looks yeah. like and i did listen to it it is kind of what it sounds like sort of like a beatles knockoff band uh, an american version of that playing that sort of music um i don't know why they're called the undertakers but um you know like i said i had to pick this up i've got a uh, bunch of covers on here midnight hour johnny be good uh land of a thousand dances on the road again stuff like that on here but uh when else can i talk about this but uh this is in my exactly undertaker collection not bad check them out look for them on youtube or something (laughs) i did (laughs) when you showed me i went on youtube and listened to them uh and then i thought we could finally end on the theme song for our podcast take her easy uh a great song i wish undertaker would come out to it sometime <laughs> travis you wrote it uh i mean you want to tell the story of how that song came to be real quick we were finishing up the era of his career or had finished up maybe uh when he got buried alive in 2003 right i don't remember i think if so I, I yeah i think it's I around that, I, that run it was around or maybe when we came back from that i just i remember i wanted something that would sum up those first like 13 years and all that he had done. But I mean, some of his whole career, but specifically that part, because that was the era we were at when I wrote it. So yeah, I took, uh, you know, our, our, our slogan is take her easy. And, you know, Eagles have a song, not the Eagles, Eagles have a song. Uh, ah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult to just say Eagles and not the Eagles. But no anyway, one says that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, Eagles have a song called "Take It Easy," which uh, I thought was w- super well known. But it's funny because people with a watch long Tommy thought that like I wrote that song. It's so great. Yeah. So anyway, I guess when you're from the South, I guess uh, you're g- raised on classic rock. You 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 know that's more in your blood. But anyway, yeah, "Take It Easy," one of the, the best Eagle songs there there is. And I just thought you know let's let's play with this and write "Take It Easy" and try to you know recap his his career up to this point. So. Yeah, I'll never forget how many titles he's won because of the lyrics I wrote. There yeah, exactly. Either. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was just fun to, to do. The song's pretty simple to play, and um, wound up playing it live at my show in July of twenty twenty one when you and your wife came. So yeah, played it that night, and it was funny because one of my buddies that night, Chase, thought I wrote that song. I'm like, Chase, that's the Eagles song, but he's like twenty. He thought it too. Seven. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Chase is a baby. So anyway, um, yeah, it's it's funny, man. So yeah. Take her easy. It was fun, and 
Um, yeah, I, I always wanted to do like a sequel to it, not the same song, but just like the rest of his career. But um, haven't found something that I think fits it yet. So I'm still I'm still out there. It's, it's still out in the ether. Yeah, I'm wondering if I can write a sequel to it. You know, to kind of sum Maybe, up the last uh, half of his career. Take her care of business by BTO. Take her care of like business. That, that some, yeah, that was one. Um, so I just don't know. You know, because take her easy or take it easy is kind of acoustic and just easy, but taking care of business might be a little difficult because it's it's kind of electric. I don't know if acoustic would sound good, but anyway, we'll see. I've also well, done I, uh, uh, my hero, Taker. <laughs> yep, yeah, we play yeah. that on occasion for special episodes. <laughs> yeah. uh, you wrote that one for the 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 final farewell, our original final episode back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, I do. I remember I sent you the um, Bruce Springsteen did a cover. Uh, of take it easy by the eagles when uh glenn fry died um in whatever year that was 19 2019 or 2020 or whatever and it is that slowed down acoustic version of yeah take it easy and i remember i sent you that and and said yeah this, this is a great version of it and i think you came back like the next day with the whole song written yeah, out it was and quick. I was, yeah. you sent me that and i was like <laughs> blown away by uh the detail of it you know it's not just a quick parody but the detail and the, and the story of his whole career i mean it's it's uh it's awesome it's uh it's so good it's it's worth playing every episode of our show I man so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't intend for it to be played as much as it is but i i hope the the fans like it too so yeah i, I wish i could, well we used to I play we used to theme it. each episode with his entrance music for whatever mm-hmm. match was going on right. in his career. So that's what we did for the first round of the podcast. Yep. And when we came back for these uh, second run of the show, um, it, we weren't Makes doing, sense. it made more sense. We already got yeah. a great theme that Travis wrote. So why not use that? There you go. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to hear, you know, so, like I said, I'll never forget how many times no. one or tag partners or whatever, you know, it's just great. So yeah, it all came to seven like world woods, one, one hardcore, and seven tags with four different guys. Four different guys. Yeah. <laughs> Take her easy. <laughs> oh. All right. If you have to do it, man, um, maybe do a top three. What are your What are your top three Undertaker entrance songs? I don't know if it's too difficult to pick just one. Maybe you can rank three of them here. Uh, I'll say. The 1998 one, uh, what's that called? Um, that one is that. called um, whatever that one's called. We we just talked about it all. Yeah, that one, <laughs> Dark Side, Dark Side. Thank you. Yeah, Dark Side. And you then said so much today. The most recent, like the one that he started and when he came back, uh, in 2004, um, that one. Yeah. Rest in peace. Okay. Rest in peace, and then I'd say Rolling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I would also put Roland in there and I'd put the, I just put the original, the funeral March in there. Sure. Um, Cause again, like that's to me, I, I just picture that, great gray gloves yeah. undertaker <clears throat> to me. And that, you know, baseline basic version of the song I pick. And then and that was like nostalgia for you too. Cause you were little watching all that, like right. still like, in, and I had kind of seen that flipping channel, but I wasn't as in it as you were at that time. So, I think that's why I focus. I'll focus more on like the '98 version. So, so yeah, well, I know I would still put the '98 version even over yeah. the 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 rest in peace. The, oh, okay. The, you know, the 2000s version. Um, yeah. But I I think that just 
encapsulizes why this is such a great topic to talk about because you could ask someone, hey, play the Undertaker's theme song. And you they'd be like, they could play 10 different things. Yeah. And it would be the right answer. You know, there, there's yeah. so many iconic ones. Uh, I know our listeners w- would all, you know, probably pick a different one uh, as their favorite of all time. And um, to have a character that has so many different ones, so many ones that mean so much and, and represent so many different eras, uh, it's, you know, th- there's nothing else really like it. And there's no character yeah. like it. There's no performer like it. There's nobody who's had as many iconic entrance theme songs and, and and musics and things like that as the undertaker has said absolutely absolutely uh i do want to mention a couple of our fans and uh people in the psk out there uh who, who had a couple comments i thought were worth reading um k eberhart at lady undertaker said she loves the ministry theme corporate ministry theme and the you're gonna pay theme all of those those are her jams and Danny at Scottish Juggalo with the comment of the night, which I have heard people say this before. Uh, he said, you're going to pay was his favorite because for something like 12 years, he thought it was the undertaker actually singing it. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Shawn Michaels style actually singing. Yeah. You're going to pay. That's amazing. I could see where you would think that, but uh, that's. Uh, that's because he says dead man walking at the beginning. So yeah. I just thought. That was him continuing on. And and he sings on the uh, Man in Black song. He sings in the All Together Now song. He's got all of that. So wouldn't be the oh. first time we'd heard that. But let's hear from you, Creatures of the Night, Pod Street Crew. What is your favorite version of the Undertaker's theme song? What is the most iconic version? What's your least favorite version? How do you rank them? Hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Talking Taker. Let us know. Let us know in the comments on YouTube, where hopefully you're watching us along here. Uh, but you can, of course, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Um, I don't know where people are listening these days, but wherever you're listening, you can My probably space, find us out Napster. there. Sure. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Metallica. Um, says no. Yeah, AOL Instant Messenger, whatever you want to do, man. Give yeah. us a shot. Uh, I want to shout out uh, our YouTube channel. I hope people are subscribed to that for not only this podcast, but for bonus content like the video Travis and I did a couple weeks ago yeah. when you were here in town. You joined me for a live unboxing on our YouTube channel opening. What did we open, Travis? Oh, we opened uh, uh, Wrath from WCW. Yeah, we and did. Kind of cool. Yeah, tell them about that, dude. That was the that you said cooler. You yeah. Well, you put it on Twitter and you know said that we were unboxing and you tagged you know Brian Clark and he retweeted or whatever responded to it and wrote you know yeah or 100, 100 you know after it so he liked it, dude. And then you gave him the old invite to come on exactly, the man. So exactly. We'll see if he takes the cake or takes the bait. But yeah, that was awesome to get a response from him, dude. So pretty cool. Yeah, check yeah. that out. That, that was, was fun a, to do. Uh, toy line and a toy that you and i both played with a lot toy back did, in man. 1999 so uh, it was fun to uh have that uh, little piece of nostalgia there together check that out on our youtube channel uh of course check out tpublic.com pick up like we said the king of gong style shirt or the pod street crew shirt the classic taker easy shirt uh shout out to our podcasting brothers 
the bottom line wrestling cast as they continue to go through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, now digging into the career of stunning Steve Austin, uh, as well as their Stone Cold variety packs, uh, going through topics like, like they were going through this one with the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check them out twice a month over at Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Uh, shout out to our boy Tommy, Tommy on the spot, as you mentioned him here, because I want to congratulate him on the birth of his son. So his second child, hey man, congrats, uh, his buddy. son Kylo was born a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations are out to you, Tommy. Very happy for you. Enjoy your newborn baby. I'd say Tommy is a Star Wars fan. Probably. That's Kylo, yeah, that's nice. I love it. It's like a great that. name. That's great. <laughs> Um, and check out Travis White Music on YouTube. Got new t- tunes on there. One you just released today, man. I thoroughly enjoyed. I think our listeners would enjoy that one as well. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That thing just died. Oh, well, we're <laughs> we're, we're wrapping it up, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm just putting you know just demos and stuff out or whatever. So we'll see. I'm trying to go to the studio next year or something. Make it happen. I hope so, but I enjoyed the acoustic version. It was great. Thank you. And folks, we will, of course, be back um, on December 1st. Um, Actually, I'm going to try to be back here for a bonus episode in November. I have invited Steven Zeman and Randy Turco on with me to discuss the year in Undertaker figures. So he had a ton of figures released this year. I think we're going to do a bonus episode this month because I think everything has come out that's going to come out this year. So that'll be a bonus episode in the month of November, talking about the year of Undertaker collectibles. But you and I will be back December 1st. And here's my pitch to you, Travis. Last year, we wrapped up the year with a couple of uh, classic superstars episodes from 30 years ago in 1992. Let's do it again for 1993. A couple of Undertaker superstars episodes, a little uh, superstars watch along party, a nice, easy, fun one for the month of December to end the year. So uh, like unwrapping a Christmas gift. Exactly. Maybe we will unwrap our traditional Christmas gifts next year, uh, (laughs) next month. So that'll be December 1st here. The next episode talking to Undertaker, um, and uh, yeah, why don't you hit the final notes here as you like yeah. to do. Uh, if you're listening to this when it comes out, yesterday was Halloween. If you dressed up as The Undertaker, we want to oh, see your pictures. We always love social to see media. that. Yes. Yeah, let us see that. And uh, I've already seen a yeah. few. I've already been posting a few yeah. from some early parties. So yeah, tag yeah. us in those, please. That is always Absolutely. We want to see that. And uh, yeah, like I said, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Music is subjective, so that's why it's always fun to talk about. Uh, what can be great to somebody can be the dirt worst to somebody else. So it's fun. But anyway, uh, so yeah, you guys have a safe time uh, out there. Hope you had a good, happy Halloween. We'll see you in uh, December. And as always, take her easy. <laughs>